Crushcast. You might be thinking, this sounds like a different voice, and uh, you'd be right. Unfortunately, Jay was unable to record this week's Rushcast. His grandmother, unfortunately, passed away. Um, so he asked me, this is Alec Polanis, by the way, from the Clockwork Angels episode and a few other past episodes, um, to record a little something just to get wet your uh, Rush appetite for the week. So before we start, let's pay a moment uh, in respects for his grandmother. All right, so I have here today my best friend, Peter, and his wife, Alice. Uh, introduce yourself, guys. Say hello. Hello. How's everyone doing? This is both of our first times on RushCast. Yes, we're very excited to be here. Yeah, so we basically thought to ourselves, well, I, my, my thought was when he came to me for this episode was, let's do an episode talking about super fans, bring other people into the Rush community um, before... Alice met me and Peter. I don't think she was listening to Rush, not that much at all. And then she came to the R40 tour with us. So uh, we just wanted to kind of get hear these stories, what it's like to live with a uh, super fan. And, uh, <laughs> you know, now that they're married too. So, yeah. Where do you want us to start? <laughs> Probably the beginning, right? That's yeah, always the wise part. So I, I'm a... Uh, I'm a classically trained musician, so for a lot of my life, I just listen to classical music, um, and I feel like that's kind of important in later on when I explain like why I appreciate Rush now. Um, I listen to rock music, but really when I met Peter, I, I've gone through many different phases that never included country music and never included screamo, but really ranged um, pretty wide besides for that. And Peter met me in my R&B and hip-hop phase, um, where I still thought I was a thug. And uh, I really hadn't heard of Rush. And um, I, I knew some prog rock bands, but I didn't even know they were prog rock. I didn't even know prog rock was a thing. And um, uh, one of my most distinct memories from when we were first dating was... When he had 2112, was it 2112? It was 2112, yeah. He, he had 2112 on it, and I was like, what is this? Who is that guy's voice? Why does he sound so <laughs> funny? Can we listen to something else? I was, I was not having so, any of it. Yeah, so the background to that story, we'd probably been dating like, I'd just gotten my car, so we were about three or four months, and um, I had been listening to 2112 in the car on the way down, um, but I turned off the music when she got in, and so I did turn on the music while we were dri after we were driving for a little bit, and it was right it was right during a presentation when Getty's like, "Yes, we know that part." So that was her first <laughs> introduction to uh, Getty's voice was <laughs> that part of Twenty One Twelve, which is obviously a bit of a bit. Well, I'd say that's a, about as different as you can get from R and B. If that's what you said you were listening to, <laughs> mainly at that point. Um. Yeah, I remember. So what I remember is that. When we first picked up Alice that one night when you guys met for the first time. That is that, correct. That we were listening to Dream Theater. Yes. And she actually knew who Dream Theater was. I did. I had, I listened to a change, a change of seasons really shaped like who I was as a middle schooler and that phase I was going through in that headspace I was in. And I actually really loved a change of seasons, even though I had never heard anything else except for that song and the other songs, which are covers that are on that CD. Um, but I, I loved Dream Theater, and uh, I, I also remember that we were listening to Dream Theater in the car. 
Yeah, so I guess was there a, a turning point? Was there a change? There you? was. There was. So um, I, we probably listened to Rush here and there. We did. So I know, I can't remember the specifics. I know what the turning point was for me, but there, right. there but was there's there some, smaller ones. Right. So um, tonight we're actually going to see the band, uh, local band here in Baltimore, uh, Hectic Red. They do lots of lots of good covers. Um, and one of the songs they cover is Spirit of Radio. And I do remember when we saw them um, in June, yeah. the first full year we were dating um i mentioned that song is by rush and you said you really liked that song yeah i think spirit of the radio is a really accessible song because it covers so many different genres of music you even have reggae in there so so um and it, it getty's voice is not uh as crazy as it was in in uh 2112 yeah he toned it down in the <laughs> early 80s <laughs> yeah so spirit of the radio was was probably the first rush song i admitted to liking um, and, and as it came, you know, Peter showed me Red Barchetta and other songs that are uh, not as wild as 2112, which, by the way, I actually love now and have a great memory of that I'd like to share later. But um, the turning point for, for me was one night Peter sat me down and showed me the documentary. And that really changed how I viewed Rush and gave me a whole new window to who they were mm-hmm. and it made me really appreciate them. That's actually really interesting for you to say. Um, it's been brought up on Rushcast before and just in the community that that documentary was actually seen by a lot of people who are just flicking through the channels. You know, it's online uh, or on TV one day. Um, you can stream it on Netflix. And it brought Rush to a whole other audience of more casual fans who maybe never heard of them before. And when you watch that documentary, you realize they're kind of just like you. They're, you know, um, they seem like they're having a lot of fun and they're just like a bunch of really, you know, happy guys doing what they love. Um, and with people they love. And um, I think a lot of people respond well to that. I did. When, uh, in particular, um, I kept asking Peter, like, while the documentary was going on, because I'm a really obnoxious movie viewer who talks during it and asks questions and stuff. Um, you know, like, what are they going to talk about their families? Because I really wanted to, like, know about them as full people. Um, it was clear to me that Rush was super important to Peter, mind you. So throughout this whole process, I did try to like them. It took some time. Um, but I still remember Peter sending me, we used to talk on Facebook a lot before we saw each other every day. Um, and I remember him sending me a clip of subdivisions and the lyrics to subdivisions and explaining how much that song meant to him. And from that day on, I could tell that it was something I was going to have to (laughs) learn to love somehow. And, and I can fully say I do now. And that documentary really was the turning point for me. I think it, you make a really good point that it does open open the eyes of people who might otherwise not have been super interested in Rush um, to who they are and, and why they do what they do. So, yeah, Peter, it sounds like you were trying to turn your now wife over to mm-hmm. uh, the Rush dark side. What were your tactics? <laughs> were you sending her like what were you sending her music videos like interviews? So interesting point. Um, it was very gradual. Um, you know, I, I like a lot of different types of music. Um, obviously, prog rock is the one that that and jazz are the ones that I'm most into. So obviously, you know, when you're dating someone and you see it going in the direction that we eventually would go, um, you want you want to learn what 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 they like and um, learn some new things. And I've learned a ton about um, more about dance and classical music than I knew 
before meeting Alice, but um, obviously you, you want you want to share what's really important to you. Um, so I was really careful with Rush. I didn't want to force it on her because I I wanted to partially, I, I obviously wanted her to like it as, as much as I did, but I wanted to kind of see how she responded to it. And um, I think she was a casual fan when we got the, when Rush announced our 40 tour and we got the tickets um, I think it was around then that we watched the documentary I could be wrong no no it was well before it that was before it was that. at my first apartment okay yeah so I, I did want to share the documentary with her because I thought that would explain the the well why Rush is a band that not only do, are they insane musicians and um, their music is is timeless you can listen to it all the time and it's still amazing but it really, the documentary really explains why it connects with so many people on a personal standpoint, too, and how these guys are so relatable and um, just how their, their story is just, just about these guys who just seem like they really just wanted to create something that people would love and just see where it goes. Um, you know, the turning point was from, so, so I became a casual fan through the, or, or at least more of a fan through the um, through the video, and then I, I knew Peter and Alec would be really excited about R forty. So I messaged Peter as soon as I saw about it. It's like we gotta go. So we planned to go, and as soon as we bought the tickets, Peter said, "Okay, I have a plan." <laughs> um, this this was yeah. the big turning point. Yeah. So you go ahead and you go ahead and talk about so it. So I came up with this crazy idea to. Um, I think it was about 90 to 85 days before the show, something like that. I was it was just, 80, I think. Was it that? It I was, was just like... It was 80, 80 plus some vacation that we took that we decided we weren't going to right, we didn't really continue it on. During. So what I did was um, I like thought not very long. I just basically... Because um, you'd already thought about it. Don't even like... You'd already probably thought about had, it enough that yeah. you didn't need to think about um, it. I, I ranked my... 80 favorite Rush songs. And by I use rank by a very loose term. I find it very difficult to rank things because, especially with music, because it's very arbitrary and like one and emotional. And one week you're just like, oh, oh, Red Barchet is my favorite Rush song. And the other week you're like, oh man, but, but the Spirit of Radio is great. So, right. <laughs> but, um, Villa Stargiato. That one too, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I ranked these Rush songs and every night we'd listen to one together. Um, and then, if it had, if there was a live video, we'd watch then watch the live version, um, or just listen to the live version of it if there wasn't and, a video. And what was more meaningful was beyond that, you would tell me what those songs meant to you, where you were, like when you first heard it, like, uh-huh. and and I think that's what really brought Rush alive for me was connecting each one of these songs to who you are as a person, and so like loving you kind of turned into loving rush too because all these songs suddenly took on meaning for me because they clearly had deep meaning for Mm -hmm. you and and as i got more involved with the songs um i began to see what amazing musicians they were as well because like i mentioned i was a classical musician so i knew very little about drums i knew very little about guitar i knew very little about bass but um and lots about keyboard but that doesn't really feature super prominently in Russia's music um and and beginning to appreciate what good musicians they were i think was was big for me because as a musician all by a very 
different musician. <laughs> um, it was it was cool, and I think I think if I had to pick my favorite song now, it is probably Lovely Strangiato, and it's because of the absolutely incredible feet <laughs> mm. that that song oh, yeah, is that one, now that one whenever i rank them that one's always somewhere in the top yeah five. <laughs> and I, I i remember in particular i don't think i had heard that song before that ranking and when i heard it i was like whoa mm. wow this is really awesome yeah. so that all led up to the, the the show at um jiffy lube yep which was the first time i saw them live which was pretty incredible um i didn't know what to expect uh i enjoyed it i enjoyed every minute of it um, even the part where I was kind of hot and it was muggy, <laughs> but, um, I really think we went to see it a second time in Philly mm-hmm. and I actually, we had this amazing, even though they were super cheap tickets, we bought them literally day of, um, and, but, but they were on the side enough that we could see Neil, really well. And we were actually mm-hmm. much closer. So for Jiffy Lube live, we sat um closer to the center but far back so i couldn't see much and i'm uh, no yeah. one can tell on the podcast <laughs> but i'm i'm five feet tall this is the funniest <laughs> relationship ever because peter on the other hand is six five <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so he can tell me everything that's going on but i really couldn't see anything at jiffy lube live where we sat in wells fargo no one stood up because it was like arguably dangerous to stand up because <laughs> um, it was really steep seating on that um last tier and we were on the second row, I think, yeah, we were of pretty, that last tier. We were so, close. so we could, we were pretty close to Getty and Alex and and Neil, um, and it was really cool to be able to see them. It, 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 it I think it really helped. So, <laughs> to be able to see them. Let me ask you this: How many Rush or rock concerts had you gone to hmm. beforehand? Two, very randomly. Uh, the TSO. Uh, when I was 16 and around that age, my friend was like, I'm going to go see the offspring. And I was like, okay, I'll come with you. Um, <laughs> so I went with them. <laughs> I went through an al- alternative rock phase as well. So that was, that was, uh, a, a, not an unreasonable thing for me to do, but, um, looking back now, I, I don't think that's necessarily a concert I would have, would have picked for myself, but those are the only two concerts I've been to numerous operas, numerous ballets, numerous orchestral concerts and piano concerts. But, uh, but in terms of rock concerts, those were the only ones I had been to before. Okay. So I guess I know that the Trans-Siberian Orchestra puts on an amazing light show, but Rush is known for having amazing stage setups as well. Were you surprised by how they did all that? Or I guess maybe you've seen some of the concert videos and you weren't as surprised that they are really into that? So what I I really appreciated, which I think was still alive in R40, but really um, one of the things that really endeared them to me as like people who, who not only amazed me but made me laugh was Rash. Um, and when Peter showed me Rash, I was just like, I was all over that. I was totally in love with it. So I think after having gone through that 80 song list, which included this and that, um, and, and, and included all these live videos and sometimes a tangent off to this and that video, um, I think, I think I, I did expect to see what I saw. And I was certainly not disappointed, but I, I wasn't surprised either. Yeah. I, 
I really did like what they did for our 40, tearing everything down uh, and going back to like their roots before you know it. It's a I I did too. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I saw that got some mixed results from some people, but I thought I thought it was clever. I thought it was a clever way to do it. My only, my only, like when I, when we were going into it, you're we kind of saying like, oh, what songs would we like to hear? And at that point, you know, I'd heard enough songs. You know, like the weapon was high on my list. Did not get to see that. That's okay. Um, but I really wanted uh, to see what's what's the first song on their first album. Finding my way. Yeah. So I wanted to see. To me, finding my way and the garden are so <laughs> so classic of like what you would think of as we're new at this. We don't know what we're doing. We you know like finding my way, right? And then the garden is just this absolutely move you to tears piece that just. You can tell they've been doing music for a while at that point. Yeah, and you There's can no tell There's no band writing that on their first album. <laughs> and and they've gained so much wisdom. That song still, right before we got married, um, the entire like 24 hours before we got married, why, I cannot tell you, but the garden was just kind of cycling through my head. Alec and I have had a discussion about this, about whether the garden is happy or sad. So for me, <laughs> it's know. happy. Yeah. Um, so that's a good thing, because you wouldn't want me to be sad <laughs> getting married to Peter. But um, I really wanted to see those two songs kind of juxtaposed at the end of the concert. And obviously with the way they did that, um, The Garden is not, not a show opener. Um, so I understand why that wasn't the first song. But <laughs> <laughs> and, and someone argue, I know uh, Jay feels this way, that it, is a, it doesn't fit anywhere in Rush's catalog where the only way they could play it was in the context of playing Clockwork Angels. Really? I mean, I think mm. you could play... I, th- I, I think you could. I think it's not. I don't think that the narrative is something like, um, like uh, scenes from a memory, scenes from a memory, or or um, astonishing for, for Dream Theater mostly. Um, where like, because like the the narrative is very loose. I want to say, because like they, they what did they play to start with? Um, Anarchist, Headlong Flight, yeah, and, and um, Clockwork Angels beforehand, right? Or, um, which was yeah. which was out of order and. Um, didn't left out a lot of the story and it just right. it, it felt fine i thought it didn't bother me yeah no i, I understand i think it, it's definitely a harder song to fit into a set list that is for sure yeah. yeah i hear that i i could i could i could see that so for me like to me that's what what that was probably like the only thing that i would have you know that and i, I would have really loved to see live Strangiato live but um Small plug, I've seen Crush do it live, and they actually do a pretty great job. So. <laughs> yeah, they do a phenomenal <laughs> job. And actually, um, I remember when Peter and I went to the, uh, was it the Time Machine tour where they played it? Yeah. Yeah, and you didn't know the set list going in, and you kept asking me, like, are they going to do it? Are they going to do La Villa Shangela? That's all <laughs> I want to know. I'm like, I'm not spoiling this for you. We're going to wait. We're going <laughs> to see what's going to happen. And... Um, I, I remember I couldn't let it much longer, so, like, right beforehand, I started, like, poking you, being like, <laughs> coming. I, I just oh, did a head man. nod for people who can't obviously see what we're doing. It, um, Alec and Peter have a really beautiful friendship, and this has been uh, <laughs> this has been one thing that I've really enjoyed watching as as someone who really cares deeply for Peter. I've come to care deeply for Alec as well because they're they, they really are brothers. Um, and and Rush was one of the biggest 
biggest thing. So Peter one day in church pulls me aside. Uh, we go to church together every Sunday and we go to the same church that him and Alec went to as, as children that Alec still comes to sometimes. He, he Alec is a church migrator and goes to all these <laughs> different churches. But uh, Peter pulls me aside and he's like, I have something really important to show you. And I was like, we weren't, I don't even think we we're engaged yet. So I'm like thinking like, what could this be? Like, are we going to get engaged? Like what's happening? And, and he brings me <laughs> to the bottom of the stairwell and he's like, this is the rush <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, we're in a stairwell. What is this? But I think this just goes to show how, how big of an effect Rush had on Peter, how big of an effect it had on Alec, and how I think it also really bonded them together as well. So, you know, it's just the bottom of a stairwell. But for Peter, this was like the happiest moments of middle school where him and Alec would go and Alec would bring his CD player and they would listen to Rush there until their moms were finally done talking <laughs> at the end of coffee hour. Um, and and seeing how much this meant to Peter, I don't see how I couldn't fall in love with Rush. Yeah, I do remember those days. It would be like a whole musical experience where like sometimes I'd bring different things or he'd be like, have you heard of this song? And uh, yeah, we spent many, uh, there was even a sign times. at one point. There was a sign, <laughs> yes. It got taken down very quickly. Um, <laughs> I didn't know you had a sign that's awesome. yeah, yeah. We it wasn't like with the 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 vapor trails yeah, vapor logo trail in the in the original in the debut album font yeah i i i was and still am obsessed with uh, <laughs> the or uh, the vapor trails um artwork i find it really funny that it seems like our artwork for our band is completely inspired by that but never intentionally brought up or noticed right by me like we have this kind of like flame yeah, i'll have to it. check that yeah, out we, yeah. it, it's actually really similar I, I remember showing the logo to someone one day and i was like this is literally vapor trails but we like picked it <laughs> and like i forgot i didn't it never even like register with me that like it was very vapor traily um with like you know the like i guess paper trails the, the, coming yeah, off of the, the, the yeah. orb thing yeah so anyways yeah we're in a band we, we actually had our first gig yesterday it and, was awesome <laughs> and yeah and jay jay asked me he's like i know you're super busy this weekend but could you like fit time in i'm like i think i can fit time for a 30 minute podcast so um yeah this has been wonderful so far let's do that twenty one twelve story for sure or did you already the 2112 story? Yeah. Yeah. You said you had. Oh, oh, yeah. So. So. Right. So I, I told you guys that I was like, who is this? What is he saying? What is he doing? Because, you know, Getty sounds a little bit uh, acquired taste. Yeah, it is. An acquired, <laughs> it really is, though, because there's some bands that that Peter introduced me to that hit me immediately. Like I heard Flying Colors. I was in love. Um those vocal harmonies. Yeah, the vocal yeah. harmonies just... That, that's a phenomenal band. <sighs> wow. Flying <laughs> Colors, you know, on the list of regrets of wish we had seen them instead of going camping. That's okay. Um, so so it, it took me a while to fall in love, especially with some of the more uh, screeching an okay word. I, I mean it in the kindest way possible. I, I, yeah, I think it's fair. Um, there's probably a better word, but the, some of the more screeching Getty vocals, you know, took me some time to appreciate um, but I, I love 2112 now. And, uh, one of my favorite memories, um, last year. So, you know, Peter and I are engaged by now and, uh, and, you know, we're about to get married in a couple months and, uh, Peter and Alex's birthday happened to be five days apart. So, uh, we planned this big mega weekend with Alec where we went to a Greek festival because, you know, Peter and Alec are Greek, so that's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And then um, and then we went to Ocean City the next day. And then I think he stuck around and we went to church the next day. So it was this big, long yeah. weekend <laughs> sleepover. Yeah, mega bed. Uh, yeah, mega bed. Yeah. So um, <laughs> what had happened was I had moved uh, in with Peter's parents before we got married because I couldn't afford a place on my own. And Peter's roommate was not about to let me move in in the slightest. So instead, we just moved my bed in to Peter's uh, obnoxiously giant room and we also moved my couch in there so we had two queen size beds and a couch which we entitled mega bed and so this this housed alec peter and i for two nights um you can see that alec and peter really are brothers otherwise, <laughs> otherwise this really wouldn't I mean, have I, I went out. as far away on the other side of mega bed as i yes. could yeah like, but <laughs> mega bed was so big that it didn't make it awkward it was no, fine it, we it all like slept room, you know? it, yeah it really did feel it was one giant sleepover we had a blast <laughs> but i think the iconic moment for me in that awesome weekend that we spent together, uh, we, we went to Ocean City, Maryland, and we were walking on the beach as we were, you know, thinking of leaving soon. It was nightfall. There was a wedding going on on the beach. You're kind of checking out the wedding. And then we just kind of all start singing. We all start singing. We are the priests. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're walking down Ocean City, and the three of us are just belting out. What, what is that part of 2112 called? Temples of Syrinx. Temple Syrinx. Yeah, temp- yep. So we're all, the three of us are belting out Temples of Syrinx. Because at that point, I think we had listened to Rush on the way there. It's very, I, it, very it's possible. A, yeah, I was going to say 95% it's a long chance. Drive. <laughs> we probably had. That's yeah. funny. That, that wasn't the story I thought you were going to talk about. What story did you think I was going to tell? The, the first time I played you, 2112 in the full. Remember, we were driving back from Strasbourg oh, through the Amish country. Oh, and I asked to turn it off again, didn't I? Yeah. We yeah, were, I wasn't there yet. <laughs> your, I think your words are more like, is there anything else you have on CD? <laughs> to, be fair, to be fair, I really wanted to listen to TSO because it was getting close to Christmas time. And anyone who knows me knows I absolutely adore Christmas and therefore adore Christmas music. So it was Thanksgiving. I was finally allowed to play Christmas music because Peter doesn't believe in the play Christmas music after Halloween. We agree on both of it. <laughs> We're both in agreement on that. So that's the two of them. <laughs> um, so I'm not allowed to play Christmas music until Thanksgiving. So so that was part of it. But yeah, I, I there was definitely a journey from turn it off now to I'll listen to the whole thing. Now can we find something else to play to belting it out uh, with the th- with the two of them and really totally reveling in that moment i remember texting you recently and you were listening to rush and like you know, i like now, now listen now you, to it by myself it. yeah i <laughs> do and i think especially um i'm one of the types who doesn't really like being away from peter despite the fact that he's he's an introvert and he doesn't mind some space sometimes but when we do have to have space because everyone eventually has to have space sometimes especially if i'm in the car i'll turn on rush because it just Rush is no longer just a band to me. It's now, it's it's Peter too. Like Rush has taken on who he is as well because I've learned all these stories about him and and what it means to him. And so now listening to Rush makes me feel like he's next to me. Wow, deep. That's powerful. <laughs> I guess it is though, and they are powerful, and I think they have very powerful music. And there's no way they would have affected. Uh, you and Peter the way they did and now me if it weren't for that. So I, I I say that the super fan has has converted his wife into 
I don't think I'm allowed to be a super fan yet. I think I think I have to like put in more time. But <laughs> not enough investment yet. <laughs> yeah, but but I'm definitely on my way, and I guarantee you, by the time we're old enough that those extra couple years he has on me don't matter anymore, I would definitely be a super fan. <laughs> All right, I guess with that, we'll uh, close out this podcast. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you guys have anything else you wanted to share? Um, I mean, if you let us talk all day, I'm sure there's tons, but (laughs) (laughs) I think that's, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this, uh, little divergence, uh, deviating from the norm. If not, we're not here next week. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll go back to your regularly scheduled programming, which is actually really exciting. You know, we just finished the album series, uh, as Rushcast listeners, you know, (laughs) like, and, um, and Jay had a lot of stuff up his sleeve for, uh, the future of the show and, you know next uh next themes or whatnot so uh we'll get to hear about that soon i guess and um yeah we'll all tune in next week i hope you enjoyed